Welcome to the Bathroom Chronicle. Yeah, I was late to the party this morning, so thank you for... Um, of course, no problem. For waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, first of all, we're in the freezing bathroom cabin. Yes, all if you can't up. tell. Cashmere on top of cashmere. Yes, Texas just has a little mini shutdown when it's freezing outside. Um, mm. Life here isn't just... It's not prepared for it. Yeah. You know, normally places put pipes and things on the inside of the building. It's on the outside of the buildings so here, all kinds of things. But yeah. here we are with the space heater and yeah. Daniel playing fun sounds in the back. Um, so Peggy, I called you yesterday and I think it would be a great subject for today to go over yeah. because I was in a bit of a, a need to chat about how to get things done. Yeah. And, um, you went into a channel for me and I realized how accurate it was that I am so yearning for the tail end of my mothering a baby. Um, cause Jeremiah just turned two, he's not even a baby anymore that I'm sort of pushing any help out that is coming to help me so that I can do things like work, mm-hmm. take care of myself, things for the house and I've just been feeling this compounding effect of so many things that need to get done without the capacity. Yeah. I, you know, half the time when I go into that channel, I don't even remember what I said. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember you asking what's going on because people around me, my support system isn't showing up. Like yeah. they're, they're flaking, they're getting sick, whatever. And I just said, wow, that's, that's that part of you that's still hanging on to motherhood that wants to just soak up these last days or months or weeks, whatever it is yeah. with being mom and, yeah. and just savoring it. And so what I was sharing with you is, is that, you know, you can still have that, but just like make an agreement with yourself. <clears throat> when is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be from six to eight at night, or I've got an hour in the morning, an hour at night. That's just my time with family, my time with Jeremiah, my time with the kiddos. And just to fill that nurturing desire so that during the daytime you can shift gears and not feel guilty or feel like, you know, you're leaving him behind or leaving something behind or missing out. Yeah, because what happens is, and I've had this ever since I started having kids, the further I start driving away to go do something away from them, I start having anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I realize like my body just wants to be with my kids, but now they're getting older and they don't necessarily want or need to be with me every moment they're experiencing life. Um, me and my littlest guy are super attached. And also what I find is if I don't have that scheduled, uh, Mm. super one-on-one, just completely with each other eye to eye that I am giving him some attention while I'm getting other things done and nothing is getting a hundred percent of me. So I, this part of my brain that has learned to focus has gotten all scattered Mm. and I'm needing to retrain it to be able to focus again. Yeah. And so, so first of all, you have an awareness, which is the most important thing. You have an awareness that you're split, right? Like I'm half here, I'm half there. So you just have to choose in the moment, where's all of my energy going? And sometimes it's like, oh, it's like a real pullback from where you want to go to really, or let go, right? to really being present to him. And sometimes that only takes full attention for two minutes. Yeah. Right. And we think, oh my God, it's going to, I'm going to lose an hour. Well, you might only lose 15 minutes, right. Or gain 
his full, you know, I was going to say, it doesn't feel like a losing when I get some Jeremiah time. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's that the throes of six children, you know, it's the most beautiful thing. And also when you have so much to clean up, so many dishes to do so much work, so much like my closet has been trying to get itself organized oh. for maybe a year. I don't have six kids at home and my closet is the same. No, it's not the same. It's spilling out into my bathroom. It's like <laughs> crazy. Actually, James said to me um, yesterday, he goes, I feel like you really want to get your closet done and you should just really focus on that. And I'm going to do school drop off and school pickup and just, you just, allow yourself to focus. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's been really, it's just been such a journey for me. Mm -hmm. I've been feeling so fragmented. Well, cleaning out the closet is going to make such a difference in, in, you know, because it's the space inside of you that you're also creating, Mm. right? You're creating, you know, you look at your chaos, you look at your closet and you see chaos and that awakens chaos inside of you. Mm. Right. So if you want yourself to feel more spacious, then you have to clean things out. So making time for your closet is so important to your own nurturing and your own ability to like, ha, oh, that feels so much better. You I know? feel that way when I do my emails too. I remember actually, I was um, actually in an ayahuasca ceremony. I had this message and it said, you need to weed your garden, check your emails. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay. And everybody that knows me knows Maybe that message wasn't made overly clear to me <laughs> because I don't check my emails. You have no idea. I'm sure I, I'm worse at the email game than you. No. How, how many do you have right now? Well, because about once okay, a year, pull I, this up. I go through and about once a year, um, I'm sure you have more than me. Oh my but God. But I just don't check them. So right now I have 9,028. Kim, it. It's, I'm embarrassed to tell you how many emails I have. It's uh, 400 and some thousand. Oh, wow. Okay, so here's, can I tell you my email trick? So one trick would be to just tend to them regularly, like weeding a garden. But when I do sit down and go through the overhaul, I go through all of the companies that are sending me messages I don't need and I'll do a search and I just go and I highlight those all and go delete. And then I do the next one, highlight them all and delete. And it usually takes me a full day, but you move all the way through your emails. Well, Bobby was just going to archive everything for me. No. And then as they come in, then just delete all future things from them. You know? Can we set a date to go over our emails? Are you serious? So we, like you don't have enough to do. No, no. You want to help this me is with actually, my emails? No, no. We'll do it at the same time side okay. by side. And I'll okay. share with you my techniques and we'll okay. get it done. All right. Right? It's a plan. How many unchecked messages do you have? Oh my God. Really? So I have two email addresses, right? I have- No my, messages, like text uh, messages. No, I know, but I'm- Oh, text messages? Where do I find that information? Right here. Okay, right. So I have 219 unchecked text messages. So I have no. 754. Holy moly, Peggy. <laughs> Do you, you understand how many people text me? And I always say, if I don't respond, put up <laughs> like an exclamation point to bring it to yeah, the top. There are people I love this where I am paying, it, not paying attention to them. And I when, literally just don't see it. No, when I go into, when I go, when I lead events, my whole thing is to be present, right? Yes. The only way I can really serve people is by being present. 
looking at that is not presence if I'm in the presence of somebody else, right? Yeah. So it's very little time I have throughout my day where I can just be on my phone to be on my phone and to do those sorts of things. Because when I am looking at my phone, it's all the da 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 da, da you know, like needs to be responded to right away. And I do have clients that keep me on retainer that are the most important. So when those come in, I have to drop everything and respond to that, right? Yeah. But so it, to your point, my phone is my closet. <laughs> it's oh. bursting. It's chaos. It needs to be, you know, reconfigured. So let's make a date, but not for at least like three weeks because <laughs> I can't, I don't have any space in my schedule. I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be gone. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I would love to do that. Maybe what we can do is we can create a structure so that by the time we get together, it's almost done, okay. which means three junk mails that come to you a day, a day. you delete all the messages that okay. you've had in your entire history from them by looking at them. You highlight the whole thing, delete. That'll take care of like a hundred, 200 at a time. Probably. probably. Well, in mine, it could take care of thousands. And knows? unsubscribe. <laughs> Yes, unsubscribe. The only exactly. email you need to be subscribed to is your Intermix discount sales. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Intermix, <laughs> my favorite Los Angeles based store. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <it's> so true. <laughs> you know my vibe. The yeah. rest you don't need. It's so true. So I'm going to so do true. the same. And then by the time we get together, nobody's sending us junk mail anymore yeah. because that's what. 90% of those emails are. Yeah. It's, it's junk mail. It really is. It really is. And, and it, then you miss, I miss the important ones. Yes. Yeah. Me too. You know? so, or they, or the other thing I, I have crossover where my clients will send me something and then I respond from my personal email instead of my business email. So now my assistant isn't in the, in the flow of it because I've responded from the, the wrong email. Yeah. And that's just a function of my brain and I have to slow down. It's also why I sometimes exchange words, like put, you know, the end of the sentence in, in the beginning instead of, you know, vice versa. Yeah. It's just, it, you know. It is. The, the gift and the curse at the same time. Well, one thing that you helped me with so much yesterday that you shared, whether or not you remember it, is you said you need to choose your priorities. You need to take out a piece of paper because you have so many things to do and you need, and you need to say, what is the most important thing to me? Yeah. And I was like, obviously time with family. And I put that right there. Yeah. And you said, and then what's the next and what's the next and what's the next? And I wrote down the top 10. Yeah. Right. That's great. And so then you can start time blocking them in. Have you ever yeah. time blocked? Oh yeah. All the time. It's the only way I get anything done. But however, to add to that. So if you get it all out of your head and you just write everything down that needs to be done and then you pick the order, right? You sit with which the order is. You put a, so then you rewrite the order down on another piece of paper and you draw a line down the center and you put your name at the top and you put universe, God, whatever on the other side of the line. Yeah. So basically, all right, God, any of these things that you can handle, please handle today for me. Ah. And I will, I will start at the top of the list and feel free to make all these things go away or someone else stepping in and offering to handle them. And you'll be, um, so you're partnering Ooh. with the, un can you feel all the energy around that? Yes, so I love that. So you're partnering with the universe to get your shit done. <laughs> yeah. And it's amazing how all of a sudden the fifth item and the seventh item and the 10th item suddenly are no longer problems. They're no longer somebody else handled it. It's no longer needed. 
all these things. And then what happens is at the end of the day, you see what you got done. And then of course, in every day, there's all the things that came into your day that you did that weren't on your list. Mm. So you write those down too, because when you write those down, you get the energy of completion from it. I did that. Yeah. <sighs> Wasn't on my list, but I did it. Yeah. Right. I was driving by the car wash. I needed the car wash. So I was able to jump in the car wash. It was filthy. It wasn't on my list to do, but I was able to answer some texts and do some things while I was in the car wash. Right. So I got a car wash. So you write that down and then whatever wasn't done, you move it to the next page. And again, with the center line, God, what do you want to handle? And you write down what miraculously disappeared because you always want to acknowledge the miracles. Mm. And then if you notice something after three or four days that's not getting done on your list, you go, am I really going to do that? Mm. Do I really need to be the one doing this? If not, one of two things, either assign it and be done with it, or just be honest with yourself and say, it's not that important to me. Good point. And cut it off. Yes. And just line it out and be done with it. It's such a, I used to use that years ago and it really supported me in being able to, until I could kind of figure out what was the most important thing to me. And especially when you're mom and career and wife, lover, friend, all the things that you are to so many people. Yeah. It's, yeah, I can see why you're feeling like, <gasps> yeah, you know, and, and the resistance is to pull back and just be nurtured and, you know, and your son nurtures you. And you nurture him. Like it's such a love affair. They all do. They all do. Little Gwenny Pie too. She's decided she's homeschooled now. (laughs) She's like, I'm getting in on this action. (laughs) She is a girl who knows how to get what she wants. Yes. She wants to come on the podcast. (gasps) We have to have her on the podcast. I know. She says the most brilliant things. She really does. Do you remember the first podcast we ever came to do? Oh yeah. She was sitting right there with James. She did not leave. James James was the first one we ever sat and recorded with. And she literally walked over there, grabbed another mic and brought it up to the table right here, sat on James' lap and refused to leave. And she's at the time was what, four? Yeah. Yeah. There were lots of tears involved with getting her to leave. And now I kind of just wish I let her stay and answer some questions. (laughs) Well, now we'll invite her back. Yes. And we'll see what she has to say, what she wants to talk about. So she said today that she um, was going to bring me something in here. And I was like, well, Gwen, please don't come in because me and Peggy will be recording. And she said, well, that's okay. I'll bring it to you while you're recording. I think she just really- Wants to be heard. Wants to come on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She likes to be seen and heard. Completely. Yes. (laughs) She is one in a million. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's where I'm at. And then I'm also- um, I've been reading that book, Atomic Habits. Oh, really? It's incredible. It It talks about habit stacking, right? So Mm. for example, every time Jeremiah goes goes to sleep, right? We created a habit stacking where you grab diapers after and bring them to refill the diaper area out in the living room, Mm. right? Mm Because that's an area that always... So you create a habit that creates a system that creates a flow or movement without blockages. And I've been trying to figure that out for something as simple as my closet, right? You go yeah. to bed, you put your clothes down. Where are your clothes going? Are you putting them back on in the morning? At what point did they go to the hamper? You know, right. just like figuring out a flow that works and yeah. retraining the body to do it differently because it doesn't matter sometimes how busy we are. We think it's mm. that our brain doesn't get clear on a system 
that yeah. flows in a certain way and we just kind of throw things and then run. Then do you have a, a family meeting that says, okay, guys, this is how I want this done. Please everybody participate. I actually do really great yeah. with family circles and family meetings. Yeah. So um, I made everybody homemade ramen last night. It was delicious. Wow. And uh, we we did. We had a conversation about the dogs being fed and sometimes we have By the help. way, how many dogs do you have, we Kim? We have five dogs, <laughs> five dogs. And so it require it requires a lot. Like they all have yeah. to be, the three big dogs have to be chained up first. So what I did was I printed off, I'm really trying to get better. Yeah. Yesterday I printed off a chart. So when they get walked and put on the leashes for feeding, somebody writes the time they did it and signs off. Do you assign the kids? Or the, do kids, they- the kids do it, but sometimes somebody else does because- okay. They need to be fed before all the kids come home, home from school. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, and then it needs to be signed off. And then, and then the completion process, right? So after the food is fed, it needs to be put away and cleaned up. If that doesn't become part of it, it starts to go into the cluttered mess and yeah. that becomes the problem. Right. So it's recognizing all the little things that we do that leave the stuff everywhere. Exactly. Without yeah. going into super crazy OCD, not being able to function if it can't be done in that moment. Yeah. That's, I mean, at my house, Bobby is such a huge help. He does everything except the very last thing. Mm. And it's because his brain is so, works so fast that he's like, as soon as it's like, for instance, you know, I'll, I'll go, he'll, he'll vacuum a room, but then he'll leave the vacuum out. Right. Or he'll do the dishes, but then he won't shut the cupboard or start the dishwasher or he'll take out the garbage, but he won't put the sack in, right? It's just the, like the period at the end of the sentence because it's like, oh, that's done. Let me move on. Yeah. And so I'm always like, for me, it's always like, I, oh, I'm always doing the period. So what is, yeah, I hear you. And what I'm finding is when you're always doing the period, he's never being called to complete. Yeah. And so that's what I'm realizing with my family. I'm going around putting periods everywhere and I'm never tending to my own space. Yeah, that's true. And it's another word to call it is like enabling, Mm. right? And and then it can be perceived as ungratefulness, right? Because I did 99%, right? Yes. But it's like, thank you and... Let's do the last hundred, like, let's do the hundred percent and then I'll come in and do my hundred percent. Yeah. And sometimes we'll do 50, 50, but if it's a constant 99 dot, 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 it's just, I wouldn't say constant, but I would say I, it's very noticeable. Right. Well, Um, I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. Same. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have you heard like, you know, when uh, we used to, when I had a second story house um, and the kids were little. I would have a, a basket, a pretty basket at the yeah. bottom of the stairs. Yeah. And so anything that went upstairs, we go in the basket and then I would take it upstairs all at once and put it away. Right. And then there were years where like, no, I want to run up and down the stairs because I don't have time to exercise. So that's my exercise. So I'd run up and down the stairs all day long, yeah. putting stuff away. Yeah. So it's kind of like whatever you need in the moment, but that was another way just to collect things and so, just get them from room to room. Yeah, yeah. I need to do the pretty baskets because right now my kids have stuff on the stairs that's theirs to bring up and they don't. And I need separate baskets. Like, yeah. This is Olivia's. This is Joshua's so that yeah. they have clarity. Yeah. You know, and it just looks nicer. And uh, and it helps them. It also helps their brain. They always also say that it helps, you know, when you when you have the outer reflects the inner. Yeah. Right. But 
I have to say, I read a study the other day. It's funny that I happened to read this okay. about um, people who had really cluttered rooms, like horrible rooms growing up, yeah. horrible desk kind of situation. And they used to say, you know, you've got a messy mind. And they actually said, no, it's actually more a sign of brilliance because you can remember exactly where that piece of paper is or that clothing, that that clothing item underneath a thousand other things. Oh, I know it's in this corner underneath that pile down there. So your mind actually is working overtime to keep track of the mess. And so it's actually, they found that, that people that were messier were actually brighter. And I was like, thank you very much. Because <laughs> I had such a messy room growing up. My dad never went upstairs. And when I was a teenager, he came downstairs. He's like, oh my God, Peg, oh my God. And I'm like, what? He's like, your closet exploded. There's clothes everywhere. <laughs> and I mean everywhere. There was nothing in my closet. There were clothes everywhere. And so for me, trying to, to clean up was such a, a task. I just like, I couldn't get myself to do it. Yeah. And now it's the complete opposite because now I find that that gives me anxiety where before it never gave me anxiety, it gave me comfort. And now if I, if I have things too far out of whack, I'm like, I get into overwhelm. Me too. Yeah. I get into overwhelm, but I just, I actually think it's so simple, the adjustments that we can make. I had some, like a professional organizer once say like, hey, I'll come come help you with your bathroom in LA. And we went into my closet and she's like, oh, you have hangers sporadically through here, empty, empty hangers. You know, you take something off the hanger. She goes, when you take something off the hanger, just put the hanger at the front. I'm like, well, I'm sure so many people are like, well, duh. <laughs> but for me, it wasn't like, well, duh. And so then you have all your empty hangers are right, right there, there the right in the front. How easy is that? Right, Such a simple tip or, you know, like I won't say who in my household would just grab a shirt off the thing and then the hanger would go flying or break or land on the floor. That's a thing. <laughs> so yes, just put the freaking hanger at the beginning. Come on, guys. Right? Oh my God. The simple pleasures. I know. I you listen, this may be the most if you're messy, this may be the most important podcast you listen to because it is really about the simple little things. Bobby Kennedy Jr. had a video. Um, I may have even talked about this on here before, and he talked about all the little things we do. Mm. And he said the most important one may be making your bed when you get out of it. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, and then when you take off a jacket, where are you putting the jacket? Yeah. And it's just all about all those little decisions being thoughtful about how you're maneuvering, right? So true. Out of the bed. Every mm -hmm. time you lay something down, you put something down, another energy is going to have to tend to that. If yeah. you could have put it five feet further away, now somebody else or yourself later, it's just, yeah. it's like energetic debt. Yeah, that's well, that's true. Wow. Right? Energetic debt. Energetic wow. debt when you're not just doing it right. And sometimes yeah. you have to, right? You're, yeah. You're rushed, whatever, but then you have to go back to that thing at some point. That's true. You do. Unless you're passing away and your family's doing it for you. Right. And then they're selling it to somebody like Home Investors of America, right? We buy the ugly houses because- those houses are just like, you know, that's where you meet those extreme people yeah. of the hoarders where yeah. everything is. Our first house was like that. It was just, 
you had to push the front door open. Yeah. And I'm talking about 3,000 square feet of yeah. garbage. Yeah. Literally garbage. Like the master bedroom had two feet of garbage, pizza boxes, Kentucky fried chicken boxes with chicken wings in it. Like with chicken wings in it? Oh, yeah. No, this was, it was, you know, the people that do that, there's so much trauma there. Yeah. Right? And this particular woman had twins and they died. Oh, no. Yeah, it was it was horrific. And she went into a depression. Yeah. And, and then her mother lived next door, so she moved in with her mother, and the house became a trash bin, literally. And it was just, Bobby made the mistake of opening the fridge. It was just filled with maggots because the fridge would never cleaned out. I mean, it was the most, obviously we gutted the house and moved everything out and, and that's, and, 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 you know, and everybody wins in these scenarios, right? They get relief and they get money, right? And we get a good deal and you start all over, but it was just Poor thing. that, that, yeah. So, you know, I, I have a lot of empathy for people who hoard yeah. because they're just, it's their safety and they don't have that ability to move things forward. And, mm. um, you know, so in, in some ways it's, it's such a gift that we have the, that desire to go ahead and complete something and get it done Yeah, because, you know, people who are depressed just can't, they just cannot. And it's, and it created a whole business around it to help those people and TV shows, right. To yeah. help those people. Yeah. Well, this also gets into the conversation of consumption as well, because mm. whatever we buy we need to tend to, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So at some point we have to tend to everything we buy and, and it's going to have a life cycle. And, um, somebody was telling me a long time ago and for whatever reason I was thinking about it this morning is they were somewhere where there was like a village that didn't have any money and mm -hmm. they just saw this mother with her child that had literally nothing to do, but be with her child. And she said, I just sat there and I watched the mother and the baby laughing together for mm. hours. Mm. They had nothing else to, to do, do but to be together and laugh together. There yeah. was no floor to sweep. There was nothing. Wow. And they were just in their togetherness. Mm -hmm. And that always stuck with me. And I'm not saying that's like an ideal life or not an ideal life. Right. Um, but, you know, the stuff consumes us at some point. It can. For sure. It can. It can. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. It doesn't yeah, have to. I know to. plenty of people with plenty of things. And it doesn't consume them. And it doesn't them. consume them. Yeah. Right? And I know some people with very little of anything and they're so attached to it. Yeah. Right? So it's, you know, it's how we make meaning mm. out of life. Yeah. What's the story we're creating about that object yeah. or about our, ourselves or that situation? And when you can back up and notice what are you thinking? What, what does that mean to you? Yeah. I remember Wayne Dyer sharing a story many years ago about his son getting really attached to a t-shirt. Yeah. And he said, so I took that t-shirt from him and I wore it and he was so furious with me. And I'm like, he's like, no, you're way too attached to this material thing here. Mm. Um, you're not. And he said, and I wore it every day and he got madder and madder and madder until he realized I was not going to give it back to him until he was no longer attached to it. I was trying to show him how much energy he was giving that item. Mm. And, uh, and then finally, he's like, you can have it, Dad. It's fine. And he could feel that there, was no, it, there wasn't a manipulation there. He wasn't trying to get it back. And, um, and then he gave it back to him. The guy's like, you know, do I want it? Do I not? 
And and it really, you know, he he later thanked his dad, but it was like this really painful lesson for the teenager. But it was one mm. that Wayne, you know, clearly felt that he needed to show his son. And, you know, everybody comes around, you know, to their own way of dealing with materialism in their own perspective, mm -hmm. in their own way. But that was his way of dealing it with, you know, of teaching his son. Yeah. 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 I've noticed a lot of people, um, like, you know, if you ask around, people will say, well, my grandparents went through the Great Depression, so they hang on to everything, right? My mom. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I hear that a lot, actually. Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, there is something about that. If energetically, you know, it's almost like preparing for winter, right? Oh, you make yeah. sure you have enough food. You make sure you have enough of whatever it is that you need. Mm -hmm. And so it's that mentality, like, I need to make sure I have enough. Yeah. Because what happens if it doesn't come? Exactly. I have, a, I have so many stories I can share that are super per personal, but I won't. Yeah. Um, why my mom's alive, you know. Yeah. Um, thank God she's alive. Thank she God. Was, yeah, she's actually coming home from the hospital. <gasps> yeah, I think tomorrow. For those of you that don't know, my mom is 91 years old. Yeah. And she still works, not volunteer, but works at a hospital in the cafeteria. So so at 60 years old, she decided to go to work to get a better health insurance. And so she got hired at a hospital in the cafeteria. And she retired, I think, like at 20 years or 25 years, but she stayed on what they call registry. And, but they kept using her all the time. So it ended up being like a full-time job. Yeah. So the week before Christmas, a couple of weeks before Christmas, she was still putting in 40 hours a week yeah. in the cafeteria. And, and she's fast. And she's fast. Yeah. yeah. Like this isn't like a, you know, um, a we feel sorry for you job. This is like get your shit done. She gets it done. She gets it done. Yeah. And so, and the hours are not easy. I mean, she has to be there at 5.30 in the morning and stays till 2.30 in the afternoon, or she goes in at 10 a.m. and she comes home at 7.30 p.m. So it's it's a full day, wow. right? So she was uh, checking out with the time clock, right? So she was checking out the time clock. They moved the time clock to a hallway by the loading docks. Mm -hmm. And so her back is turned and she's filling it out the time clock. And all of a sudden, she hears somebody yell, hey, look out. Well, somebody, they were used to, one of the workers was used to pushing those large laundry carts that are six mm. foot wide with lots of laundry in them over the top. They couldn't see, and they were used to just pushing it and let it kind of go on its own to the loading dock. And um, he didn't, not used to having people in the hallway, and he sees this, my mom is, what, 5'2 and 110 pounds? Tiny. Tiny. But powerful, strong, yeah. right? And um, and she heard somebody yell, look out. Well, before she could even react or respond, that laundry cart hit her and she flew. And Ugh. she landed on her left side. And the good news is if you're going to get hurt, two things, like get hurt in a hospital like she did, yeah. and before you check out. <laughs> so yeah. she didn't get the time clock completed. So she was still on the clock. So workman's comp kicked in. Oh my but, God. Right. And then. Oh but, my God. All the difference in the world. All the difference all in the, the world. If she would have just finished. If she would have finished and then got hit, who knows? Anyway, she didn't. So thank God for that. And this was two days before Christmas. And so they made an announcement over the radio or over to the intercom. And immediately doctors and nurses were at her side. They threw her on a gurney, got her to ER, cut off her clothes. It was very dramatic. She was in a lot of pain. And amazing. She didn't like break any hip. She had two fractures in her pelvis and she had 
it looks like maybe two torn rotary cuffs and a, a big um, hematoma on her left side. Like she was just mm. black and blue from knee to butt and in a lot of pain, but she didn't hit her head. But was fascinating Thank about God it. she didn't hit her head. Right? So, because how we know she didn't hit her head is right away she started, she was in such good humor. She was like, well, you know, grandma got hit by a reindeer. And it was, <laughs> so God bless her. She's just so strong. Yeah. She's so strong. And so anyway, tomorrow will be a month. And, um, and so she's wow. gonna come home from the hospital. And- Hopefully everything, you know, healing well and going well and she's in really good spirits and looks like herself and it's like, wow. And, you know, she wants to go back to work at 91. I cannot believe that. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's like, thank God I've got such great genetics and such, you know, just her, it's an energy, right? And so oftentimes I would say to my mom, what do you say to yourself? Like, what are the thoughts that you have that you are so vivacious and resilient and excited about life. And so one of them was, is I don't have time to get sick. So she was never sick because having a busy life, she would always say, I don't have time to get sick. I don't have to, oh, the kids are, ten- this is going on. I don't get time to six- get sick. And then with work, when she went back to work in her 60s, she started saying, these are my fun days. Wow. So her, like, these are my fun days every time. So she literally programmed herself to have fun at work. Wow. And so she does. It's her lifeblood, right? Wow. So it'll be interesting to see one if the hospital lets her come back to work or if she's able to go back to work, it, how much of her strength she regains. Yeah. Right? Because to see her in a walker was devastating. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like, oh my God, you know? Yeah. But it's um, you know, the good news is is everybody's cooperating and helping her and recognizing she got hurt on the job. And so they are they are responding to her. Mm. And so that's all the good news. And the other thing is, in some ways, I think it was kind of a blessing because she got so much attention during the holidays. <laughs> Everybody came and visited her. She wasn't alone at her house. Yeah. All the family came in town, my my siblings and their their kids who are out of town, came in town, so they all went to visit grandma. Mm. You know, so she got a lot of attention. Her co-workers in the hospital came up to visit her. Oh. People who know her. Oh, you're the cafeteria lady. How are you? Oh. <laughs> you know, she's 90? What? Like, so many people were stunned at how old she was. You wow. Know? So anyway, it was, uh, it was, I think, in some way really nurturing for her. Yeah. And also getting her to recognize, I think, her age and to slow down and to really savor life. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that she wasn't savoring life. This is my projection of my mom Mm. because she would make this. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? Sit home? Like I'm 91, like why? She drives, she feeds herself, she lives alone in the winter, summer, doesn't matter. So it'll be interesting to see how she fares. (laughs) Well, she, you know, and I know we've talked about this before, but... um, she was here while you lived here and there was a yeah. freeze and it was like what negative 10 degrees and that was 11 what, two degrees years ago? outside so yeah. she was 89 89 and um she was out there in the cabins with a having to walk to a bathroom cabin having to walk into the main house to with eat with inches of snow and ice with inches of yeah. snow and ice and i offered her a room inside 
And she was like, no, she was very happy where she was at. And it wasn't just freezing like it is right now. It was freezing with snow and with massive amounts of wind. And loss of electricity and water. Yes, and yes. she's like, no, I'm staying out there with Peggy. And yes. your other guests were all, we'll take the house. We'll yeah. take the room inside. <laughs> they did take it. <laughs> they did take it. Because we had other friends like, like get snowed in. And got, and got snowed in with yeah, us. Yeah, that, that was funny. But your mom would come in and there was so many people on the land and she yeah. did all the dishes. Yeah, she just, it's what she does. She just pitches in and, and that's kind of how we were raised as a family was like, yeah. everybody do something. Okay, right now the house needs clean. Just start, she would call it ridding up. Just start ridding up, pick <clears throat> pick it up, put it where it belongs right now. And and when we were kids, she would time us. Okay, we've got 15 minutes. How much can we do in 15 minutes? So she always had a way to turn it into a game. It was never chores and there was never assignments. You do this, you do that. It's like everybody gets to figure it out. And, and did you guys? Well, we did, except, you know, the boys, I have five brothers, would push back and go, well, Peggy doesn't have to go outside, so she has to do the house, right? So there were there were a lot more back then, yeah. female jobs and male jobs. So there was much more of that. And honestly, I didn't have any interest in getting up at, you know, five o'clock in the morning and going out and, you know, dressing for winter and feeding the cows. Yeah. Right? That sort of thing. So in the summer, everybody kind of did what they needed to do. So in the summertime, I did drive tractors. I did do a lot of those things because we needed like every hand on deck or run back and forth between farms, all that kind of stuff take parts if something's broken down, take food. To, I mean, it was just, it, it is, it, it does take a community. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because farming has changed so much now that corporations own a lot of the farms. And um, Bill Gates of, owns most of it. I know. Bill Gates is the largest by a lot, I think, isn't he? I think he, he is. is. Yeah. Can't say Landover. I'm a fan. <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> not going there. I have feelings about I, it. I, I, I would love regenerative farmers to like just start right. getting all the land. Organic farmers, regenerative farmers, people who are really a love of the land instead of yeah. the commercial corporate stuff yeah. that's happening and that's pushing out the, you know, the farmer who's made his livelihood and who wants to still do that. You know, I... I don't have enough knowledge at all about it anymore. It's changed so dramatically. And and my brothers are still farmers, full-time farmers. And um, so it's, you know, it's for generations in my family. And I'm really, I am one of those, like, proud Iowa farm farmer's daughters. Like, yeah. I really am. It is, it, it is a lot to live and work off of the land. Yeah. And I have a lot of appreciation. I remember when Bobby met my dad and um, he said to my dad, he's like, you know, you're one of the biggest risk takers ever, you know, farmers, because you're, it's all on, is it going to rain or is it going to snow, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so weather is such a big thing and it's a gamble and some years you lose and some days, years you come out on top. So it is a, a feast or famine sort of profession and it takes nerves of steel. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Awesome. Little well, family history there. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I, I hope that you guys, uh, got something out of it and we'll prioritize and write it down and yeah. go over that little yeah. note for yourself. Cause it does feel like a time to create some support structures to manifest the things you've been wanting to bring on and also reflect on what is really important to you. Where did you end up in your process with all of the 
with all of the things. With all of the things. Yeah. yeah. Where are you at now with it? Well, I'll say when you were a half an hour late. Yeah. I was like, um, I'm going to go inside and I'm hungry and I'm going to make sure I'm sitting with Jeremiah and Gwen because yeah. I want to see them. Yeah. And so that's what I went and I did. Oh, nice. And so it's about making sure that I have those hundred percent moments and mm-hmm. it can be five, five minutes or yeah. a half an hour or the entire day. Well, the entire day is just not possible. You got to cook and, yeah. and do things like that. Yeah. And then, um, so yeah, that, that is, that's where my heart wants to be is with mm. my family and my kids. And, and I said, but also I need to have harmony and sing and dance around my house. Cause it just feels so structured. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I, I almost finished my closet. Wow. That is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, it's so interesting because I had the time wrong. So for me, I wasn't late. I was one minute late. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, but for you guys, I was 30 minutes late. Right. Yeah. So when this happens all the time in life, so the fact that you were able to go, okay, what am I going to do with that time? Yeah. Is really powerful, a distinction to just to start fill it up instead of sitting there wasting time or feeling mad about like my time is being wasted. Yeah. Right. Or, or, you know, then there are those people who go to how disrespectful, right? Oh. <laughs> no, I know that's not yeah. you, but have you, do you have those people in your life? It's so disrespectful that you were 30 minutes late or that you were. Well, I don't like it when people are late all the time. Well, I would agree. I have people in my yeah. life. <clears throat> and there is that. I mean, it is not <laughs> acknowledging like, somebody else's time when you're late. It really, yeah. it is, it is one true. One-offs are one thing, even every like yeah. third or fourth time. There's yeah. some people where it's like literally all the time. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's an energy that you need to hone inside of yourself yeah. and do less. Yeah. So that you can start to, and you have to pull it back and start to just start, I'm getting there early. And that five, my, like growing up, my mom always had our clocks set Yeah. five minutes early. Yeah. So it was four o'clock. It was really five to four. And that extra five minutes, then she would show up on time. Well, and so it used to drive me crazy. Like, what time is it really? My mom did that too, and it drove me nuts. Yeah, I just say, plan on leave five minutes earlier. Like, let's yeah. not psych ourselves out. Let's just, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I really um, am in a state of identifying right now where the most chaos is. Feeding the dogs has to happen twice a day, right? Yeah. So creating that system for me, mm-hmm. having that chart for me, I think that was a good use of my time. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, part of the thing is what's the most important to you and then identifying where's the, the most chaos and creating a system for it. Yeah. And then making sure everybody writes it down, right? Yeah. I fed the dog, write it down or have the check mark. Yep. If you have those times there with the day, so all they have to do is a check mark. I did that. Yay. Yeah. Amazing. Thanks. All right feeling energetically aligned now (laughs) (laughs) thanks for being with us through our like walking along in our day and i'm sure everybody can relate yeah